You are joining the Higher Call podcast, where we answer the call to choose kingdom over culture in our daily lives. Hi guys, this is Ray here. In this episode, Vanna speaks with current Fox 5 News anchor, Christina Adencial. In this past year, Vanna and I were blessed to see Christina's love for the Lord shared through her platforms, and we are honored that Christina joined the podcast to share her testimony. Here is her story. Hi, Christina. Welcome to the podcast. I want to thank you so much for being here and for speaking with me today. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm so honored to be here. Very, very humbled that you chose to speak to me. <laughs> of course. Well, it's clear that you are open about your faith and your love for God, which is very encouraging, especially in the times that we are in. So would you please share with us your testimony about your journey to Christ? I grew up in a Filipino Catholic home. Um, my dad was in the Navy. So ever since I was born, we moved every three years. And in terms of church, I mean, Catholic home. So my mom, she was honest. Every Sunday, I would say nearly, because it wasn't every Sunday that we would actually get to go to church, but she was always honest. You know, we had to go to church. It felt more, you know, as you're growing up, you know, it felt more like a chore than, you know, something that I really actually enjoyed <laughs> or, or even found useful in my life. Um, and I think that's really just how my story starts. Um, my parents were very big on family. I lived in a very strict home. We had curfews. It was like we were studying all the time. We were doing homework all the time. But there was a whole lot of family values, um, a lot of respect in the household. Um, and, I, you know, I had, a, I had a great childhood. Now, concerning faith, I would say that I grew up praying because I knew that I, I had to. Um, uh, growing up Catholic was, uh, how do I say this? I knew who God was. I knew that Jesus died for me, but I didn't have a relationship with him. In fact, I was actually, I was really scared. I was really scared of God growing up because uh, the Catholic church teaches you to earn your salvation. You do it by good works. And so I always, it was, I was always reminded that, you know, we're obviously human. So I'm a sinner. I always felt like I wasn't, I was never worthy enough. Um, even as a kid, I remember if I didn't do my homework, or if I got a bad grade on something, I'd be afraid to go to church because I thought if my parents are mad about something, then that means God's probably even more mad at me. And so I never, and I, and I remember when I got to, I would say, my late teenage years, I did start to wonder, you know, what is it like when people say they have a relationship with Jesus, what does that mean? Like, I didn't get it. And, and when I would see couples, for instance, you know, these Christian couples, these godly couples, and they would say that we, you know, God is very much at the center of our relationship. And in my mind, I'm thinking, so they pray, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, is it just because they pray together? Or is it because they, they go to church together? I mean, I grew up, like I said, uh, memorizing certain prayers. No, I, I knew the, our father, I knew the hail Mary, I knew all these things. And I, I want to say that I don't think I, I mean, I would pray, but I would pray these memorized prayers. So then sometimes at the end of the day, again, it becomes more like a chore. You're like, I'm just trying to get through my prayers every day. I knew I had a tenderness in my heart for God because um, I knew by the time I think I was, I would say 16, 17, 18, there were times in church when I would when I would start crying and I, and I think there was a yearning for Jesus by then, but I didn't know how, um, I didn't know how, and I didn't know until way later in life 
that I was really missing out on just that true relationship with Jesus. So that's kind of the, that's how it kind of started. <laughs> and I was Catholic all the way until my early thirties. So yes. So it's, it's only, it's only recently um, that I've been born again. I, it's about two and a half years now. Um, oh man. It's, it's, I know I just get like, <laughs> like a couple decades there, but uh, three decades in fact, but it's, it's one of those things I feel like really when your eyes have been opened and you finally accept Jesus into your life in that way. I mean, I just, I cannot believe I went through life as long as I did without truly having that relationship is it's, it's frightening. I'm like, I don't even know how I did it. So what were some of the obvious differences that you saw between Catholicism and Christianity? You know, I think I would say some of the major things and, and, and understand this, I, I'm, I'm Filipina. So the majority of my family, they are still very much Catholic. Um, I have a lot of family still in the Philippines who are Catholic. A lot of my friends to this day are, are very Catholic and very religious in, in their faith. But one of the, the, the core things that I noticed, well, one of the obvious things to me was the teaching of the word, you know, going to a mass versus going to a Christian service is completely different. Um, I remember in mass, you know, we have, we would have readings and then the priest would come in and then he would, you know, he'd have, he'd have this sermon. And sometimes I just, I just felt like he wasn't really digging into the word enough. And I didn't even know that I was missing out on it. You know, it was just, you go to church and you're hearing this, the priest talk and, and you know that, ugh, I mean, it's, it's important because he's the priest, you know, he's the father, but I'm just like, hmm, I never, I never opened up the Bible growing up. I just never felt like I, I needed to. I never felt like they really pushed or, you know, um, encouraged us to do that. And so I would say one of the major things is not just the teaching of the word, but it's the way they equip you with the word so that you can you can use it in everyday life that the moment you walk outside of these church doors, you know where to turn, you're, you know what you're reading, and you literally, you, you know how to equip yourself against the chaos that is the world. Um, so when I finally, um, I had reached, and maybe I can get into this a little later, but I had reached a breaking point in my, in my early 30s that I was, I was broken, I was confused, lost, I was angry. Um, and I remember crying out for the first time in my life. I was like, I need you, God. I don't know how to get to you, but I need you. And I need more of you. I want what you want from me. How, how do I, how do I have you? How do I get to know you? And I would, I was going to mass by myself. I remember this and I was crying every single time because I was like, oh, I'm praying. And I just, there was such a tenderness in my heart for God. But still, I didn't know, I still didn't know him. And so the more I prayed, it's so interesting because I mean, the way he chases after you. And I think that's all it took. It was me for, it was, it was just for me to say, I want more of you. I mean, he came out with, he came out for me in full force. Finally went, walked into actually the rock is the first, yeah. Like my first Christian uh, church experience. And it was amazing. I mean, I, I walked in first of all, hearing praise and worship, <laughs> like, why are people standing up? Their hands are in the air. Some people are crying. Everyone's singing and dancing. And I mean, 
I, but I, I was undone. I mean, I was sobbing like a baby. My knees buckled. I thought I was going to fall on the ground. And I was like, what is this love that I feel? It was just like this, the Holy Spirit, just like so present in all of that. And I had never experienced that before. I mean, I was afraid to sneeze during mass. You know what I mean? Because I felt like you weren't allowed to, you know, to make noise. And here I am at this church. And it's like, you could be as loud as you wanted because that's, you know, praise God and everything. And I'm just like, looking around. I'm like, Oh my, what, what is happening? Like, it's amazing. And so that was a couple of the major things. Another one that I, I did notice pretty quickly was that, um, I used to defend very much mother Mary because mother Mary is a huge part of the Catholic church and, and all the saints, you know, we have holidays, you know, certain days dedicated to certain saints that they've, that the Catholic church has chosen. And Oh my goodness, mother Mary is I haven't been to a Filipino home where they don't have, you know, the rosary everywhere. And um, we would pray that as a family. So I was a defender of that when I was Catholic, when, when people would ask me, why do you pray to mother Mary? I'm like, you know, we're not praying to mother Mary. We are just, we're just asking for her to pray for us. And then when I became Christian, I was like, oh, that even that response, it's incorrect because we're still idolizing her and putting her before Christ. Like it's, it's interesting, you know, Jesus is very, very clear. He's very clear how you get to the father. It's only through him. He doesn't say it's through him and my, my birth mother. <laughs> you know, he's, yeah, I don't mean to, I don't mean to laugh. I'm just saying that, you know what, if you really did dig for the truth, there's no hiding it. It is right there. It is in his word. And he's very, he's so clear. And the fact that the church has statues of Mary, that they have prayers for Mary that, or the saints. I mean, it's, you know, you can't, anyone that you put before Jesus, it's, it's, it's an idol. And, um, you know, don't even get me started talking to my mom about mother Mary and how mom, you can, you shouldn't be doing that. I mean, we were, there were screaming matches, there were tears, there were don't disrespect mother Mary in my house. I mean, it, it's gotten a lot better. Um, but it's hard. It's hard when you've adapted that kind of mindset, you know? So I would say that those, I would say that those are the main things that for me, that I noticed the difference in Catholicism and Christianity. When you said you were a defender of the religion, especially of Mary, do you think that came out of your love and respect for the tradition or because that was how you felt that you loved God? Oh, that's interesting. I never even thought of it that way. I would say, I would say it was all that I knew. Um, I grew up in a Catholic church and that is, that's all I knew. And so, you know, it's, it's even, it's, it's kind of like when you have a, a family, a family member who's being bullied, right? If someone's saying bad things about your family member, you're going to, you're going to buck up and you say, excuse me, <laughs> don't talk about my family that way. It's, it feels that way because and here's the thing, you know, I know a lot of Catholics who have such a heart for Jesus. They just through and through have such a heart for Jesus. But I'm, but I'm like, oh man, if, and if you only knew what a true relationship with him is like, I mean, man, you're, you're almost there, <laughs> but the, a lot of them get stuck in, in the religious aspect of the Catholic church. See people will look at me and they say, you're too religious. 
because I like to praise and give glory to God as often as I can. When in fact, to me, I'm like, well, you know, I went to a Catholic church and, you know, they, they have a lot of beliefs that are man-made rules that you cannot back up with scripture that like baby baptisms, for instance, or um, gosh, what, what am I thinking of? And then the memorized prayers. And then when you go to mass, the, the kneeling and the standing and, oh, you can't, you can't take part in the bread of Christ. You can't take part in communion unless you've gone through your first communion. Like all these things that suddenly I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Like how, where is that in the Bible? I don't know if that answers your question, but. <laughs> no, it does. And you had such a transformation. So what led you to that? Because you said 30 years in Catholicism. Mm. So what were those turn of events? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Okay, ready? Okay, I'm going to give you the rundown. It's a little long. <laughs> but I do, I do. But, you know, this part of my testimony, I feel like is, is probably the most powerful because when I do have my conversations with the Lord now, I just, I cannot thank him for saving me. But it was, I, I had lived um, as much as I loved the Lord and as much as I was going to church and I wanted to be this good person, you know, because I, I, I was lacking this relationship in Jesus. I wasn't, there's no, how am I really a good person if I don't even know the creator of goodness? Uh, anyway, okay. So I digress there. So what happened was because I didn't know who I was in Christ, I started to get into these relationships and I was looking for my worth and I was looking for my identity in, in men, in these relationships. Again, I, I came from a strict home. I wasn't allowed to even start dating until I was done with high school. I wasn't allowed to date till I was in college. And um, so when you tell a kid, <laughs> you can't, no boys, you know, they're a distraction, they're this and that. It made me want it more. So when I was finally able to date, again, it was like, I don't know if it's, it's like that yearning, that flesh yearning. You're like, I want to know what it's like to be loved by a boy and, and things like that. So suddenly I am putting all my effort and um, all of me into these relationships without Christ. And I got into a lot of trouble. In fact, um, I actually got married to my, I should I say my high school sweetheart, but we really didn't start dating until we were 18. So it was <laughs> when we were finally like done with high school, but I actually got married um, in my mid twenties. And because I did not have Jesus in my life, I was going to church, Catholic church, but I didn't have a relationship. What ended up happening was I was being, I, I didn't know how to control my thoughts. The Bible, they were, it's very clear. They could, keep captive of you take your thoughts captive there's reason for that i would get so consumed by these worldly thoughts by these by by my flesh that suddenly i could not stay present in my marriage i was i was lusting after things desiring things outside like maybe i didn't date enough maybe i didn't date enough i i should want to experience more relationships and things like and i'm married I'm married at this point. Um, and because I couldn't control my thoughts, it literally consumed me. It confused me. And that sin, the lusting in my mind, entered my marriage and it destroyed it. And I wasn't present. It destroyed it. So we got out. Um, and then the two relationships that followed, um, and I'll quickly mention, I got into another relationship I had no business of being in. I mean, the red flags were, it was so obvious, even for myself and for him. We, we, we never should have been together. And, and we really just, 
you know, the desire of the flesh is, if, if you let it control you and you give in, it completely, I mean, it consumes you. And I cannot express that enough. And um, we were madly in lust. We thought we were in love. It was complete lust. Um, and then what happens is, is that, again, sin becomes this, you don't realize it at the time, but it was, it was such a sinful relationship. And there was a lot of use and I'm just, I'm going to be complete transparent and the use of sex and the use of that kind of power to keep power over me, I should say. And I, and I didn't understand it. Um, and it was a scary feeling, but it, this was, I would say that the beginning of my, my, well, I would say my failed marriage was, was, was my start. I was starting to fall deep. I was starting to drown. I didn't, again, I, I was confused. I didn't have God. And I was, I was starting to fall further and further away because now I stopped going to church and I stopped praying. And now I'm in these relationships that are taboo. And it's like, this guy gets an, another woman pregnant, by the way, while I'm with him. And I stayed with him. And the reason why is because I didn't have enough self-worth, self-respect to know any better. You know what I mean? So even then I stayed. Okay. So then that relationship ends eventually. And I get into another relationship. Um, that's verbally abusive, emotionally abusive. This guy, um, I mean, he would throw furniture around in our apartment. Oh, another, and, and, I, and I make sure to say this, that when we first started dating, we, we quickly moved in together, you know, and you're not supposed to do that. And a lot of people don't like to talk about it, but it's the reason why it's written so in the word is because it leads to it leads to more sin. It opens the door to sin. And so again, I'm going into this relationship and, um, and it was completely toxic. It was dark. It was, um, like I said, he would verbally abuse me. He would emotionally abuse me. He would throw furniture. He would, we would be on these vacations in these hotels and he would tear down the curtains. He would lock me up in the hotel room. He would threaten me if I try to leave. Um, he, I mean, it was, it was frightening to say the least. And then there was an abuse of alcohol that he denied, but it was to the point where when we were in public and if it was just a few drinks became multiple drinks. And now he's publicly humiliating me, like yelling at me in public, uh, sometimes chasing me down the street. Um, and I, and in that relationship, I remember, I, I remember being so prepared for the cops to show up, whether it was at our apartment whether it was at a hotel we were staying at. Cause I, I was like, there is no doubt people hear him just, just, I mean, it was very loud and very intense all the time. And I knew I'm like, people are going to call the cops. There's going to be this anchor for box five is going to be on the news because you know, domestic violence and whatever it is. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is, this is my life. And, and for the first time I, I was so, I was so low and so down on myself that that was the first time I started to look up. And when you feel like you're drowning and you feel like you don't know who you are, you've got a failed marriage, you're in relationships that cannot work out, whether they're good or they're bad or they're worse. Now I'm like, you know what? I, I don't even want this. I was so depressed. I was so depressed that I became very angry. I was very mean. I had friends who actually distanced themselves from me because they didn't know who, who I was anymore either. And there were times when I remember I would be, I would be driving and I would hope 
then another car would slam into me and take my life. Like that's that, I would never say that I was actually suicidal where I would have, you know, the feeling of my own to take my own life. But I remember hoping that some catastrophic accident would happen where it would just end it for me. Um, and so it was after, so I would say those three, it was, it was a failed marriage and the two toxic relationships that followed when all of that ended and I was alone, that's when I finally, you know, when you're on your knees and you have nowhere else to look, but up. And I finally just, I started to look up and I started to cry out. And it was like, I would say the first time that my prayers were not the memorized prayers. It wasn't the, our fathers. It was why Lord, why, why am I like this? Why am I not worthy? Cause then what I started to ask him was why can I make it work? I can't make it work with my best friend who I married. I can't make it work with a bad guy or a worse guy. Like maybe I'm just not, maybe I'm meant to be alone. And, and I just, I just started to speak really what was in my heart. And then as I'm speaking, I'm realizing I don't want this anymore. And somewhere in the tears and like you're, you're curled up like a newborn, like in the middle of your living room floor, just bawling your eyes out. I'm like, I don't want this. I want you. You know what? I, I'm done with what I want because clearly I don't, it leads me to a mess. So I want what you, I want what you want for me. I want you. Show that to me. And there was one particular morning that it was really bad. So I was having one of those bad mornings and I go to work really early. I'm driving to work at three in the morning. So thank goodness. I mean, thank God there were no cars out on the road because I was bawling. I was, I was bawling in the car. I was at a four-way stop and I'm, I'm yelling. I'm, I'm crying out to God and I'm like slamming my, my fist on the steering wheel. I'm, I'm having a moment. And, um, and I'm like, why? And I'm just like, why God, am I not worth it? Why am I not worth it? And I heard a voice, still small voice, very clear. I've never heard this voice in my life, but I knew exactly the moment I heard it, I, know, I knew who it was. And the voice I heard was, but you are worth it. And that's why I rescued you. Oh, see, then, then I'm sobbing even harder because... <laughs> Not because I'm sad, but because suddenly it was like, it was like a download of information. Suddenly it made sense that he, in, I wasn't trying to save myself out of these situations that he had to literally pry me out of them in the worst ways possible, but because I wasn't willing to get myself out. That even before I had asked him for help, he was already making a way to rescue me. And I, in that moment, realized that. And I, oh, okay, okay, I got it. And then, and then that's when, after that, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I mean, I was still sad. I was still like, you know, dealing with the broken heart. But now my prayers suddenly changed. I was talking to him more. Even if I was just driving or if I was getting ready, putting my makeup on in the morning, I was like, okay, God, I want, I want you, <laughs> but I need help. How do I find you? How do I get you? And it's so interesting because when you start to see where he's orchestrating different people in your life, you know, I, I, I had a friend who worked at the rock who was like, Hey, why don't you check out the church sometime? I'm like, you know what I mean? 
maybe I will. I mean, I was, I knew I was in search of Jesus. I just didn't know where to go. And I was like, okay, went to the rock. Uh, there was even, I had a family friend who died and we went to their um, celebration of life. I'd never been to a celebration of life. It was always like a, a funeral service. I went to the celebration of life and they were still singing and like praising God. And I'm like, what is this? And I was so taken by it and so emotional. And I'm starting to realize that my emotion wasn't so much because I was sad anymore. It was because I was yearning for him, that I was getting a taste of his love. And I'm like, now I want more. I want more of you. And that's how I started to seek him. But, you know, when I, and then it's so funny how he starts to, he really, when you ask for it, I mean, he delivers. So when I would say like, you know, I want what you want for me. I know I will not end up alone. I know you, you have plans for me, so it's fine, but I want you, I want only what you want for me. And by the way, can you send me help? And, and at around that time I was saying, I'm not going to date anymore. Right. Cause I was like, I want Jesus. And I just want this relationship. And he's, you know, sometimes God has a sense of humor. He's funny. And I met actually my husband. Now I met him the same week that I was like, I don't want any more guys, Lord. I just want you. I just want you, but I need help. So please, any help that you can send me. And I'm not, I'm not saying it in, in terms of like a boyfriend, I'm just like, how, how do I get to know you? And I meet now my husband now that he comes into my life and he is God fear. He has led me spiritually. He taught me how to read the Bible. He praises me. He was so patient because I was still very much I had one step, one foot in the world, one foot in Christianity. What am I doing? And he was just very patient and guided me. And oh, I thank God for him every day. So he sent me help, but he did not just sent me help. He sent me my future husband because I started to tell him, I know you have someone for me, Lord. I know you do, but I only want who you want for me. It's amazing. It is. And it's so awesome to hear how God blessed you. And what we are seeing is that because of your surrender, the Lord answered your prayers and made a way for you. Yes. And it also seems that the Lord has made a way for you to now be that help for others through your platform, especially on social media, where you are bold about your love for God and the ways that he is present in your life. Oh my goodness. And you're, you're so right. And social media is, it can be a terrifying thing. <laughs> and um, be, because I am, on air, um, you have to be really careful about what you're sharing. And I will say this, that when I was, when I started to post about Jesus more and more, because it's who I am now. I mean, what you can't have me without him. So I would have to pray every morning for boldness, for courage. So I would pray every morning. I'll go, okay, here we go. <laughs> Here's another day in news and news is, is a beast of its own literally. And I'm just, I pray for boldness. I pray for courage. And you know, it's when you're able to surrender yourself, you realize me, I'm nothing. I'm nothing without him. There's no way. There's no way. Well, I appreciate your story. It is such a blessing to hear how the Lord has changed your life and now see how he's using you to bless others, including the listeners of this episode. I, I want to thank you so much for sharing, Christina. You're so welcome. God bless you. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We want to thank Christina again for being so bold and willing to talk about her story of transformation. We love to hear how God gets the glory in all of it. 
You can find Christina on Instagram at audienceyallk and on Fox 5 San Diego News. Also, don't forget to connect with us on our Instagram at Higher Call Podcast. Catch you in the next one.